You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Necessary Roughness, brought to you by Southfield Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. With 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the National Championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, the Detroit Lions 2021 season has finally concluded. They finished with a record of 3-13-1. The man that got a chance to see everything that happened from the sidelines, a front row seat, nobody had a better view, Mm. TJ Lang. Mm -hmm. Your thoughts on the season as a whole. As we get into the offseason, we'll address in just a few minutes the needs We'll address Dan Campbell, the offensive coordinator position, which we know is, has opened up. Anthony Lynn has been relieved of his duties. we got a lot of time to get to all that, and we'll talk more in depth as we get closer to the draft, as we get closer to free agency, on more specific targets that we would like the Lions to go after. But your thoughts on this season from start to finish? I thought there were a lot of positives. I did, uh, especially the last half of the season, right? It's uh, it's kind of funny thinking back to the first uh, eight games before the bye weekend. Uh, not a lot of optimism, right? I think a lot of people were very concerned with uh, Dan Campbell's game management, um, some of the timeout issues, some of the aggressive calls in those uh, kind of tricky situations um, that kind of came back to uh, bite them in the ass a little bit. Um, but you saw growth. You saw growth, especially through the, uh, the the end after the bye week, right? The last nine games they played. Um, <clears throat> Jared Goff, you saw improvements with him. Uh, major improvements, to, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, you saw improvements with uh, young guys, with rookies, especially. Uh, wide receiver position, uh, DB position. Um, offensive line, uh, Panay Sewell, uh, you know, playing a heck of a year, in my opinion. Evan Brown stepping in and um, showing uh, the rest of the league that maybe he can be a starting center moving forward. Uh, yep. He played it at, at a pretty good, pretty high level. Uh, but also, I, I think the coaching staff. I think you saw, uh, you saw a coaching staff that was 
able and ready to adapt uh, to what the challenge, whatever challenges they faced. I think you saw growth in Dan Campbell. Um, I think there was more uh, probably thought put into some of the aggressive decisions um, rather than just, you know, going with his gut, like you said a lot in the first half of the season. Um, he, he seemed to have everything uh, more w- well planned out into how he wanted to attack a game. Um, and I, I think that's uh, that's the biggest reason for optimism in my mind is that um, there's visual – in, you know, there's visual evidence and there's hard evidence that shows that uh, they improved. They got better as the season went along. Yep. And, you know, I know mo- mo- momentum doesn't really sweep, uh, swing from one season to the next. But when you're trying to, uh, you know, tear down uh, what, what's been forever a losing culture here in Detroit and rebuild it from the ground up, I think there's there's very clear signs of what the foundation of this team is going to be moving forward. And you can you pair that with. Uh, you know, the draft capital they have, what they're going to do in free agency, um, what they're going to do, you know, on the coaching staff, specifically offense coordinator. Uh, I think there's a lot of reason to have excitement about the future of this team. So I, I want to talk about this because some of the numbers that back it up, just you know, the only one that really matters is wins and losses, right? right? Going into the bye week, 0, 0 for 8. And coming out of the bye week, the last nine games of the season, they were three, five, and one. Now, right. obviously, it's still Those not a winning le- right. winning record. And you mentioned momentum doesn't carry over, but when you're talking about young players and we're talking about rookies, and that's the one thing about that going into the season, we said there's so much youth on this team. Yeah. Well, from year to year, the momentum doesn't carry over, but the experience does. A lot of players, whether it was due to, hey, they just didn't go out and sign anybody at positions or guys got hurt, a lot of young players that could be a you know a, a component of depth on this team got great experience this year. And you mentioned Evan Brown. I mentioned this earlier in the year. He's not going to overtake Frank Ragnow right. as the starting center. But as former players, yes, I would love to see Evan Brown stay and be a quality backup for the Detroit Lions. But you and I both know starters make more than backups. Mm -hmm. And I thought, even early on, the way that he came in and played, he was making himself some money. He was making himself available to, I wouldn't say 31 other teams, but there's probably 10 other teams that, that are going to look at five other teams that are going to look and say, hey, he might be an upgrade to what we have as our starter. Yeah. And it only takes one to, to look at Evan Brown and say, and I think he did a great job this year of going into a tough situation. And he was benefited, you know, especially in the the back part of the year, by being able to have Penny Sewell yeah. and the way he was playing, uh, Taylor Decker, the way he was playing, Jonah Jackson, you know, Vitae played, I thought, a lot better this year than I anticipated that, yeah. that he would play. Um, but the I, I think the, the shining star this year, um, and part of the reason why Jared Goff, we could say that he improved, and, and yeah, he did individually, I think his numbers improved greatly because of Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was uh, – you could tell the first half of the season, right, maybe the chemistry wasn't there. It takes a while for, rookie, it takes a while for rookies to kind of develop that, especially with a veteran quarterback. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I think that is 
you know, I asked Coach about it after the game uh, against Green Bay, too. I said, this time, I know you're going to the offseason, and a big concern is uh, what you need, right? What kind of pieces do you need? Where, where do you need? Do we need a couple linemen? Do we need a couple linebacker? What do we need? And I said, the one thing you don't need, uh, the one thing you know that you have is yeah. a playmaker at wide receiver. And yeah. the way that that kid has emerged – um, really just flipping the switch from looking like an, a rookie early on to yeah. looking like a veteran player the last uh, really probably six games um, was super impressive. And I think that's a, that's a good uh, excuse, good reason for a lot of fans to be excited because they have – uh, they have a guy that they can build off of uh, as a playmaker on the offensive side, and I know the coaching staff loves him. And uh, being a fourth rounder, I mean, it's you know, pretty good pick. It's, 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 a, it's a hell of a pick, and he he certainly looks like he's going to have a hell of a future. And and it, and it gives you optimism in regards to what the Lions can do in this draft because he was a fourth round pick, right. and Brad Holmes coming from L.A. the the the. What he was coming with and what we expected was that he was a good evaluator of college talent, that he would be able to draft. Um, and I think in year one, I could say he got a passing grade in that um, in regards to the, the way that the, the rookies contributed this year and the way that it looks like they'll be able to contribute for years to come. Yeah. In this year's draft, they've cool. got two first. They've got, obviously, a high second. Um, and obviously, in next year's draft, they're going to have two first. I, I'm I'm excited about the opportunity to add great talent to this roster. If you were to look at the roster right now and say, "Okay, what is the 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 one biggest need?" and don't, take away Hutchinson, Thibodeau, the number two overall pick, take that out of the equation. I don't, you know, if it, if we're just solely going on team need. What's the number one thing that this team needs from this year to next year? Uh, pass rush. Yeah, pass okay, rush. Cool. I guess that fits the I, bill. I know. I know you said try to take away those two top guys, but uh, it is. I mean, it's been very, uh, very evident. And even when, you know, Trey Flowers and Romeo were healthy, um, you know, they were still at the bottom of the league as far as pressures, getting in the backfield, um, sacks. I know Charles Harris is a guy who – had uh, really a career, His best year, a, a a career year for him. Um, you know, with I think he finished uh, what probably right around eight sacks. Yeah. Um, but how he was doing it, I mean, you know, there was really nobody else on that defensive line to help him out. I mean, I thought he was a guy that um, could provide a good, be a thir- good third down specialist. You know, put him in a package with a couple other guys that can pass rush. Um, they need a guy on the interior too that can either. Do you think you Ali McNeil can develop into that? Because um, I thought he played above his drafts, uh, above where he was drafted as well. Yeah, I did too. But I think when you look at a, uh, when you look at Aleem, he's more of a base defense, first, second down, yeah. uh, run situation type guy. I don't think you're going to see him get a whole lot of playing time on third and you know tenths, third and fifteens. I mean, he did this year because. You know, they just didn't really have anybody else, yeah. right? I, I was hoping uh, to see Levi maybe develop into that kind of guy. And not saying he won't, but he, he definitely had some flashes this year. But, um, you know, the, he was a guy that, you know, you, you, you'd like to see a little bit more from on the inside on third down um, because that's really, the, I think, the glaring weakness, right? Every time, and even against Green Bay, I mean, how many times, you know, the, I think the, the funny thing was you're watching uh, this defense play against Aaron Rodgers and, Aaron, almost every single pass he dropped back on, maybe with the exception of two or three, 
I mean, the DBs, they, they had a good plan for him. He was going to a second, third, breed, yeah. try to scramble a little bit, move in the pocket, and there was just no pass rush to help out with the with the coverage. And that was uh, pretty obvious that that was a glaring, glaring missing piece that they have. So I think that has to be – uh, that has to be the f- in, in, what you address. Number one is trying to find a way to uh, you know affect the quarterback more defensively. Well, you can do that obviously with an edge rusher, and they'll have the uh, opportunity uh, maybe to select from both because we have, no one knows what Jacksonville's going to do. Um, they've got to find a way to protect their last year's number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, yeah. and they may go with um, you know what is it, uh, Evan Neal uh, out of Alabama with the number one overall pick. They could go with Thibodeau or Hutchinson, but at the very least, you know you'll get one, a shot at one of those pass rushers. Yeah. Um, I think later in the first round, and it, now it all depends on where that pick falls, and we're going to get that one from the from the Rams, but you could also address it at the linebacker level. Yeah. Um, and that because that linebacker in this defense, especially the way Aaron Glenn. Now, please tell me, Aaron Glenn's not going anywhere. Well, you know, I I, I think we'll get into other needs that this team has, but that's one of them too. Is yeah. not only because you can create pass rush from that position yeah, as well. Yeah, not only finding, uh, you know, probably a good creative mind offensively uh, to to run your offense as a coordinator, but how do you find a way to also retain what you have? Right, I think Aaron Glenn and Aubrey Pleasant, even Hank Fraley. I mean, those are three guys who. Um, did an outstanding job. So, yeah, I think that is also probably goal A, A, one A and one B is yeah. trying to trying to keep what you have because I know the players love them. And Aaron Glenn, I mean, I'll tell you what, I mean, for for looking at the roster and seeing the type of talent he you know, was given, uh, I thought he did a hell of a job. He did, um, and hopefully, I know he's interviewing for. I believe Denver is throwing a wide net. I think they've yeah. re- requested, uh, you know, to interview nine different yeah. individuals. I think I've already heard ten names or something. Yeah, he's one of them, um, which is great for him. And that's, I mean, again, as, as players, we want to see assistant coaches get a shot at if 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 their goal is to be a head man, like that would be outstanding. Love to see him. I think he'll be a good head coach. Um, but selfishly, we want to keep him here for a few years because I think he did a lot with a little. Yeah, I want to see what he does with more. Right? And that, and so, I yeah, mean, that's our curiosity. Yeah. If you do give him a pass rusher, if you do give him a linebacker, if you give him another weapon in the backfield, or you just have a healthy defensive secondary, what can he do there? I, I, and before we move on, I, I, I'll ask you this. How many players, and this is a hard question to answer, but how many players away do you think this Lions team is from, let's just, let's cap it at eight, nine, nine, and eight, somewhere around 500? <laughs> um, you probably, honestly, realistically talking, probably about three. Right. Three. I mean, if you get, if you get, uh, you know, what we talked about, um, you know, a defensive end or tackle um, that is just, you know, wreaks havoc on the inside of the of a of a defensive line. If you get, uh, you know, a playmaking linebacker, um, you know, we all watched the Georgia game. Whether yeah. it was last night watching the championship game or against Michigan, and and seeing what, uh, oh man, he's slipping. Nicobe Dean. Nicobe Dean. Seeing the speed that he has and the way he can impact games, you get a player like that. Um, and offensively, I mean, look, I think the only position you're probably looking at is receiver. Right, your offensive line is going to be hopefully healthy and set. 
uh, tight end. I mean, Hawkinson coming back, you're going to be you're going to be okay there. Brock Wright kind of developed into mm-hmm. um, a good, probably number two uh, running back. You're set. Um, you know, Jared Goff is, isn't going anywhere. I think offensively, if you get one more playmaker on the outside to go along with um, Amon Ross St. Brown and uh, you know yep. Reynolds and, and those guys, I, I think you don't have to worry too much about offense. Defensively, you're probably, and I mean, you can even go maybe two. Maybe two guys can change the whole dynamic of that defense, right? Yeah. I mean, you get a, you get a, you get a, maybe if it's two pass rushers, right, coming in that, that, that are, you know, wreaking havoc and causing mayhem. And that, that's going to help out your defensive backfield tremendously. So I think with just what we've seen from Aaron Glenn, his ability to put these young, uh, unexperienced guys in positions to succeed, Mm -hmm. um, He's only going to get better with the more players you give him, and I don't think it's anything drastic. I don't think you know. I don't think they need seven, eight, nine guys. They don't need no. to replace everybody on the defense because you're going to get a whole lot of players back that were yeah, were injured this right. year. You couple DBs that you lost. Um, you know what are they going to do? With Tracy Walker. I mean, he's he's a big part of that defense. Hopefully, they re, you know retain him. But yeah, I mean, honestly, realistically, you're probably looking at two or three guys because they weren't. It's not like they were. Uh, you know, a crazy three-win team that was getting slaughtered every week. I mean, you can count probably an additional three, four games where they were right in it. You know what I mean? The fine line of being right around 500 and being a three- or four-win team is so thin. And the fine line being an eight, you know, a 500 team and being a 10, 11-team win is is so thin. You have probably three or four really good teams every year that are at 12, 13 wins. Then you probably have three or four that are really bad. You know that around two, three wins, and then you have everybody else kind of right in the middle. I, I even though the Lions only came out with three wins, I kind of put them right in the middle. You know, and with most of those teams, one or two players can can change the whole direction of it. Yeah, and you know, you, you look at the, the 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 games, the Ravens early on that could have been a win. Yeah. Minnesota uh, in Minnesota early on could have been a win. Um, you know, you, you go down the list: Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Yeah, even and, Chicago and, the first time. I mean, you know, oh for four, three turnovers in the red zone. They didn't get, you know, they lost by ten, but that's a game you felt like they just kind of gave away. You know, there's there's probably oh, five, yeah. four or five games realistically where you could say, "Damn, like, <laughs> that, yeah, it, it could have been a win." Is is there any chance that because we're fairly close to them, all right, and whether it's you know a, a you know. It, it, the relationship that we have with Dan or with Hank as the offensive line coach with Mark and, 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 you know, some of the coaching staff and the fact that we just, we really want to have a winner here that there's some fool's gold that we're looking at this as, okay, they played well and, and everybody's coming out of this because of the, the final nine games, they're still only a three win team. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to sit here and say, yes, we're very optimistic and, we can look at it and say, yes, we, we can be, and there are some ways that we should be, but realistically looking at it, can they go from three wins, can they find seven more next year to get to double digits? Or are we looking at hey, what, what should be realistic for our fans? Three wins this year, or four non-losses, yeah. um, you're throwing that tie, to seven or eight you know they could double what they did this year yeah i think that's more realistic i don't know if we're uh looking at a team that's primed to go uh you know from worst to first i mean you always have maybe one of those every couple years but um i don't know if that's realistic with this team Uh, i think that 
expectations have been pretty, you know, fair with this team where everybody knew this year was going to be uh, tough. You know, we, yep. we kind of hoped to see improvement, which what we did. And I don't think uh, anybody really thought, well, hey, year two is really when they're going to start making noise. You know, yep. I'm, I'm thinking everybody's, year three. everybody's probably holding off till year three. But, yeah, I think, look, anything outside of um, next year improving to that seven, eight, flirt with not 500 territory um probably won't be good enough right because then you're just kind of back to right where we were this year and there gets to it there there's going to be a point and i think there was a point this year right after the atlanta game where uh you know just seeing the team out there fight and put up good effort isn't isn't going to be enough anymore you know what i mean there was games this year where we said that God damn, the team fought, man. Like that, you know, they didn't come away with a win. There's going to be a time where that nobody cares anymore, right? You're expected to do that now. Right? That's, yep. You're expected to fight and compete and play your ass off in the NFL. Now you need to get the results to win. And I think that I heard a change in Dan Campbell's voice. I think it was after the Atlanta game where, you know, there was a couple games through Baltimore, Minnesota, uh, you know, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, where. You know, I talked to coach after the game, and it was like, you know, I think you you, you got to be proud of the way your team happy continues with the to effort. fight. And he's yeah. like, yeah, you know, we're always happy with it, and you know, proud of these guys for the way they, you know, keep battling and whatnot. And I said the same thing after the Atlanta game, and he, you know, he made a comment that was like, yeah, it's great. I mean, we're fighting, but it, you know, we got to win these damn games. Yeah. And for me, that was like, wow, okay, like okay, they flipped yeah, the, they switch. Flip the switch. They flipped the switch. It's no longer, you know, great effort. We don't have much talent. Let's just go out there and compete. Now it's now we got to turn that into victory. So I think next year will probably be that turning point where, you know, what you did this year with the competitiveness and the effort and all the, you know, things that Coach said you wanted to be in his opening day press conference about fighting and the grit, that's going to be expected. That's not going to be used as some sort of moral victory of, hey, we, I know we lost a tough one, but we fought. No, you got to get over the hump. You got to win games. No. Uh, TJ, I did want to ask you about the division. Obviously, GM and head coach gone in Minnesota. GM and head coach gone in Chicago. We don't yet know the status of Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, as pertaining to next year, there's still you know the playoffs to go, but there's a chance with the change in leadership at those two you know franchises, the possibility that Aaron Rodgers is no longer in division. How much does that speed up what the Lions could do? Yeah, I mean, well, we got a good uh, good look at the Packers, uh, <laughs> what Jordan their future is going to be with Jordan Love, <laughs> I don't right? I think that's the future. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't return, I mean. I now, in all fairness, that. Aaron Rodgers didn't start until, what, his fourth year? Yeah. This is only fourth. two for Jordan Love. Yep. Which, no. hey, which is fine. I mean, but I don't think that... Uh, You're not seeing what you need. No, I mean, no, I mean, look, not, to give not as far as it... A Hall of Fame quarterback, not as yeah, not as far as it goes to comparing him to what Aaron Rodgers is. Or right? Brett Favre. I mean, yeah. Maybe the kid uh, turns out to to be a good player. We don't know, but is is is, is it fair to assume there's going to be drop off? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and really, you look at you know, I don't know, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. What are they going to look like next year? Right? I think those guys might be. A package deal. One of them goes back to Green Bay. The other one probably returns. If you know one of them wants to go, the other one's probably gone too. Yeah. Um, I just think that's gonna how, how it's gonna play out. You look at uh, teams like uh, Chicago and Minnesota. I think look, Minnesota is probably the better 
um, you know, option for a team that can kind of get back and compete uh, just with the talent that they have. You know, offensively, I know Kirk Cousins isn't, you know, Hall of Fame type guy, but you know he's 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 still got uh, he's still good enough to win games. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, those guys are special yeah. defensively. I mean, defensively, they still got really good. A lot of pieces, so uh, you know they get a, they get the right coach in there. They could be you know back to competing, but um, look, I think it uh, it it definitely helps you. I think it's sort of feels like it might be a shifting of the tides, right where it's no longer. Uh, just Green Bay and then everybody else, you know, yep. way behind. I, I think the gap potentially could close. And uh, that also depends on, you know, like we said with Aaron Rodgers, what his decision is going to be. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, look, I think Detroit, you're, you're, you're sitting in a fine position right now. You're sitting in a good position. You're sitting in a position where uh, really for the first time in probably four or five years, you're making noise in the division, right? I think yep. when you look at both the games against Chicago, both the games against Minnesota, um, those teams probably know that this is a new Detroit team, right? These guys, <laughs> you can't just walk all over them anymore. And uh, so, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully, Aaron Rodgers says goodbye to the NFC North. <laughs> yes. I don't want to see him retire yet, but no, uh, I don't either. He's still know, playing. Yeah. I mean, this this could be back to back MVP seasons, yeah, and it should be in my mind. I mean, it should be. I know Tom Brady had more stats. Oh, you're taking stats, your guys' but, side. I'm going to take my guys' well, side. Well, listen, I think Aaron Rodgers did more with less. Tom Brady has, you know, Gronk. He They're had all a, hurt. A, B Gronk, Gronk was only there okay, for a few games. he had A.B. before, you know. Seven games. Up. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Games he was out. Godwin's out okay, now. Yeah, okay. Leonard Fournette. Uh, Aaron Rodgers had Devontae <laughs> Adams, who was out a couple games as well, right? Yeah, who would but, you rather have? Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, Chris Godwin, and half an A.B., or... Devontae Well, yeah, but you're counting guys that aren't <laughs> even there anymore. Well, Godwin's not, not there. Okay, he got hurt. AB's okay, not he there. he missed the last two games. Like, he was there for the majority of the season. And Tom Brady has set yardage and completion, uh, a completion yeah, record. Yeah, he threw for 450 yards the first, like, three games of the year oh, with so all those guys. Forget it, forgetting no, with about all those? those guys. Look at his stats without those guys. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Aaron Rodgers, he's also, Aaron Rodgers has had four backup linemen playing. He missed his all-pro left tackle the whole season. He missed, uh, but but he didn't make them better. Yes, he did. Those guys made Watch themselves oh better. Those God, guys up front made themselves. Have, they <laughs> took advantage of an opportunity. They made Aaron Rodgers better. Come on, give a little love to the O line. God, how, how Aaron Rodgers did more with less. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Rodgers did more with less. Oh, well. And he led his team to the one seed. Yeah, uh, same record, as, fashion. Yeah, same record as as the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep, tiebreaker. Oh well. Um, <laughs> look, I just think Aaron's a special player. I just think I, he's, I don't disagree. He does. Also, oh, you're, you're saying you don't he think Tom is, he, but no, Tom is. But Aaron doesn't need to go to the front office and demand a bunch of Hall of Fame players to play with him. Uh, well, he'll make he'll take whatever he's got and he'll make him better. He's and, not going and, up know, there and saying Tom we better went sign to the Rob. front office. We better you know sign what? AB. I'll, we better I'll do take this. less so that we can sign those guys. Well, Tom is he's probably very well set with his money. I think his wife so, earns more than him. Aaron Rodgers isn't. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a wife that probably makes a hundred million dollars <laughs> a year either. Let's be honest. Tom, and Tom's also probably got some uh, stock. That's, that's, all, that's <laughs> all. That's arguments all bullshit. <laughs> it's completely bullshit. No, it's uh, fun though. But no, I think uh man, we got sidetracked. But yes, no, we Aaron did. Rogers, I, I think Aaron's just uh I think he deserves it. I do. I just that's my opinion. Tom had better stats, but you know, when you look at uh we just look at the totality of what Aaron has done and 
who he's done it with, I think, yeah. makes it more impressive. It's it, it honestly, if either guy gets it, I'm not going to be upset. No, I mean, um, I don't think it's a clear cut. Yeah, it's, hey, if it, this guy doesn't get it, he's you know it's, it's a total a inside job type yeah. thing, right? Other than uh, maybe what the Chicago dude said, maybe there's other guys that feel that <laughs> way that all, just yeah. <laughs> just keeping it private. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it's one A, one B, probably. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if there are a lot of voters who think like Hub Arkish, as we reference him, he, he said he's not voting for, not saying who he's voting for, but he said he's not voting for Aaron Rodgers because he doesn't like and Aaron Rodgers. And he made up his mind before the season. Yeah, right? no matter Which, what he did. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's... He's taking plenty of heat. We don't need to pile on. No. <laughs> well, we can't, but we Hub, won't. Hub's taking plenty yeah. of heat. <laughs> um, I do want to ask you about the playoffs here in just a minute. We'll touch on the college football playoffs. Uh, we know that Georgia finally won last night. Kirby Smart finally downs uh, Nick Saban. But um, Dan Campbell, he took over the play calling. We know Anthony Lynn is is moving on from the staff. Do you think Dan Campbell will call plays next year? Oh, man. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Um, but I think there's an aspect of a team, good team, that has a good offensive coordinator in there that runs kind of the unit. Yeah. Um, I could see Dan, well, you know, it started off so rocky, right, when he first started calling yeah. plays. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, everybody's like, wow, this is not good. But then you saw something clearly develop there. Um, he knows what he wants out of his offense. He knows what he wants, um, which is what everybody thinks. He wants to run the ball and play action pass and, um, you know, get some explosives in there. But, uh, I think that, I think that's gotta be the number one need still from the coaching staff. I still think you have to find an offense coordinator, whether it's, you know, hot name, you know, Ben Johnson, who's already there. Um, whether you're looking at other teams who, you know, Hey, Colts, you know, look at their rushing attack and what they've done. Maybe you, you take a look at maybe the run game coordinator from yep. those teams, right? You're not gonna, you're not gonna steal another coordinator from a good team, but you could take a running back coach, you could take a wide receiver coach if that's how you want to go and smart guys. But um, I think something clearly changed, and I don't know how much influence uh, the guys had with Coach Campbell talking about you know Hank Fraley, Deuce Staley, um, Ben Johnson, yeah, because something clearly changed there in the second half of the season where. Everything looked crisper. Everything looked more crisp. You know what I mean? The the passing, uh, passing attack looked like uh, guys they knew what they were open. doing. Yeah, yeah they, they were, were schemed open, not just ske- they were running open. Yeah, they were scheming things, not just backyard football and just somebody find a way to get open. Um, so I don't know. I, I I could see reasons why Dan would want to keep that duty. Um, I think there were obviously things that he improved on. Um, I just always felt like. Uh, you know, offensive coordinator uh, is is a very important position, and I think that uh, I think that's got to be the number one need. I, I agree. I think it it is, um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Ben Johnson uh, fill that role. Um, Dan at his post uh, post season press conference on Monday praised him pretty profusely in his contributions to the offense. Yeah. Um, and if you're reading the tea leaves, that could be an indication that he's going to get promoted. They'll obviously find somebody else to fill his role mm-hmm. um, as the tight end coach. And but, Ben Johnson knows what Coach Campbell wants. You yeah. know, he knows exactly what he wants. He knows exactly um, you know, 
what how to what to expect from Coach Campbell and seems like he you know I don't think anybody confirmed this but it seemed from the outside looking in that he had pretty heavy influence yeah um not only on the game plan but maybe even some of the in-game adjustments you know down the stretch too so he's definitely a guy that probably would be the hot name right now mm-hmm. so we are uh, uh, no secret we're recording this on Tuesday um it will probably come out later today and last night college football crowned a new national champion that's the georgia bulldogs uh do you think that this play because alabama had some some injuries mm-hmm. uh in the wide receiver uh, room do you think the best team in college football in 2021 was crowned national champion i do they were the number one team for 99 percent of the season mm-hmm. um you know they had the one Lost to Alabama, that was really it. Everything else was just uh, stampede through the rest of the country. <laughs> uh, I thought they were the best team, and they showed it. And they showed the uh, something that they we didn't see in the SEC championship game was you know with withstanding the adversity, right? Playing from behind, um, still not getting down on yourself, not getting away from what you do well, finding a way to you know keep it close to the fourth quarter, and yep. then they absolutely dominated um, and. It was impressive. I thought it was going to be a low-scoring game, which it was for most of the game. And then Alabama made a couple mistakes here and there, and couldn't get out, couldn't couldn't keep drives going on third down. And um, Georgia just uh, they they dominated that fourth quarter. I mean, the way they were running the ball, you know, I, I just I don't know about you. I'm just screaming at the TV like. Keep running it. Yeah. My God, they're not stopping you. You're getting four or five a carry. Yeah. And keep, uh, keep eating away at the clock. Yeah. And Stetson Bennett made some throws when he had to. I mean, he made some big time throws. So, I, yes, I do. I think Georgia was the best team from from week one to the finish. And yesterday was, I know the score kind of looks like it was maybe a, uh, you know, an ass kicking. It wasn't. It was pretty much the second half of the last, you know, eight, nine minutes of that game went Georgia's way. But, um, yeah, I thought Georgia was the best team all season, and um, everything is right in the college football world. They, <laughs> they deserve to be crowned champion, and I will never be sad about Alabama losing a national <laughs> no, championship. not at all, not at all. Um, before we get going, uh, we are now in the offseason for the Detroit Lions. You and I have both faced this before where the season's over, whether it ended at the end of the regular season or sometime in the playoffs. What was what was one of the first things that you wanted to do when the season was over? Whether it was that week or in the coming month ahead, what was the first thing that, that you looked at and said, you know what, I couldn't do this for a long time, and I want to go out and do this now? Man, um, sleep, I think, was the <laughs> first one. Sleep, and I would usually take like a week or two after the season ended just to like eat whatever the hell I wanted. Yeah. It didn't have to worry about weigh-ins, didn't have to worry about being in shape at that Were point. you a guy that always had to, to, to battle to keep his weight under a certain uh, number? No, I mean, I was, I was honestly, you know, I'd go a week where I would eat healthy and, you know, salads and fish and yeah. just grilled chicken Waste for a week, time. and I would weigh, you know, 315. And then one week I'd, you know, have three days a week where i'm like yeah cheeseburger yeah, pizza screw it. i'm getting a big mac wings. man yeah. and i'd come in on friday and kind of worry 315 right i was just <laughs> always i was always the same um and late later in my career though i actually kind of struggled to kind of keep weight on a little bit yeah. you know just with uh 
how things kind of change when you get older. But um, no, I think the one I always took a couple weeks to just kind of do whatever the hell I wanted and just kind of escape the game, get away from it. Um, with that being said, I mean, I only had, you know, eight of my 10 years we were in the playoffs. So eight of those years, with the exception of 2010 when we won the Super Bowl. So I guess seven of those years you know, you're, you're ending the season with a terrible taste in your mouth. Cause that means you just lost, right? Yep. You lost, we lost the NFC championship game a couple of times, uh, lost in some other playoff games. And that's kind of tough. Only one time in my career, twice, actually in my 10 year career, did I finish my season with a win? And that was when we won the Super Bowl. And yep. then in 2017, we missed the playoffs by a game, uh, but we still beat green Bay the last week to go to nine and seven. So that was the only two times in my career. I ended with a win and you're kind of going in there like, yeah. all right, you know, it's ready for a good off season. But yeah, I think, uh, I think sleep and just, you know, being a slob when it came to eating for a couple of weeks was, yeah. was what I looked forward to the most. I just wanted to get away from people. I, you know, I mean, I loved our O line. I never had an offensive line where I, I like, I was like, uh, I don't want to see these guys anymore. Yeah. But you, you get to a point where you just want to get away. You don't want to answer questions anymore. You don't want to be a part of like in 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 Washington. It was always a coaching search, right? I had six head coaches in ten years, so <sighs> it was always answering questions that were not of the positive nature. And so I wanted to get away, and I would always look to whether it was going fishing for you know three, four, five days, going hunting for a few days. All I wanted to do was get away and not talk to anyone, not see anyone, and you know, catch, kill, and eat. <laughs> that was that was my goal for a week. A happy place. Yes, my happy place. So, hey, uh, I do want to say thanks for a great season, TJ. Yeah, I thought you did a great job on the sidelines. I enjoyed listening to you. I enjoyed thanks, the Sean. post-game interviews, and I've enjoyed this. But we're going to continue this aspect of it. We're going to look to add some guests as we get into the offseason, some guys that uh, have a little bit more insight into the draft, into free agency uh, for the Detroit Lions. We're going to start talking more about some of the other sports that we do have here in the city of Detroit. Baseball is going to be firing up. I know TJ. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know, TJ, you are an absolute hockey nut. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll get a chance to talk some more Red Wings and Pistons as they try and you know solidify another uh, top three pick um, throughout the course of this year. So stay tuned here on Necessary Roughness all year long. Uh, you're listening to Lang and Jansen.